So welcome everyone to this final video in our crash course in folklore studies. Now, before we get started, I just want to take a moment to say congratulations, you've reached the finish line. And it's my pleasure to informally announce, hey, you're now a folklorist. Now you can relax for a little bit, go and cool down, think about what you've accomplished, reflect on the importance of the journey that we've undertaken, and then start to map out where to go from here. Being a folklorist makes you a part of a pretty special group, I have to say, and gives you a unique perspective on that complex thing that we call culture. And you all now have, believe it or not, a pretty powerful set of tools with which to appreciate all kinds of things in our cultural lives that most people just take for granted. Now, what I wanted to do in this last video podcast before letting you go out into the wild, as I like to say, and go hunting for folk cultures, is first to map out all the different things that we've learned so far, and then talk about uh, where you might be able to go from here. Finally, I also wanted to offer just a few thoughts on uh, kind of why folklore is so special and why being a folklorist is special and what you might be able to make out of it if you want to take it seriously. So what have we learned so far? Well, we started by figuring out what folklore is. If you remember, it's not just old-fashioned rustic oral traditions that only literal, illiterate peasants have and are just dying out. Sure, they have folklore, but so do all of us. That's because folklore is all of those informal, unofficial, and non-commercial forms of cultural expression that get passed on from person to person through processes of tradition and resonance. It's informal, which means that you don't take classes in folk culture, actually. You just pick it up on the fly by watching how other people are doing it. It's unofficial because people usually aren't forced to do folklore. It's just stuff that we do because we enjoy doing it, or it means something to us. If it stops being fun or if it stops being meaningful, we just naturally stop doing that particular form of folklore and do something else. It's non-commercial because, generally speaking, you don't have to buy folklore. People are happy to share folklore more or less for free. Uh, we've learned that folklore gets passed around horizontally from person to person instead of vertically from organizations or schools or companies. Uh, we do it over and over again, and it becomes a tradition. We share it with others. They share it with even more people because folklore has resonance. It resonates with their own desires and feelings. Uh, and so we learned that you can test, actually, if an item of folklore, if an item is folklore, if it exhibits multiple existence and variation. Uh, if it has these two things, then it's a good sign that it's been passed around traditionally from person to person uh, because of resonance. Uh, we learned that all of this actually in day one, believe it or not. And we also learned how folk culture is different from pop culture and elite culture, even though all, the, all of these three overlap with one another and create gray zones that make things just a little bit harder to figure out. Then in the following days, we learned how to collect folklore, how to classify it into different genres, uh, how to identify its text, texture, and context, and we also learned how to analyze folklore using the AIR method. Uh, in other words, we learned how to ask if, a, if an item of folklore expresses and alleviates anxieties, 
for people or for whole communities, how folklore articulates and shapes identity, again, for individual people or whole communities, and how folklore helps to build meaningful relationships between people who share it within a community. We also talked about uh, folk groups and how they're dynamic, multi-layered, and constantly evolving, uh, about how performance works, why authenticity is kind of a problem in the field, and how we can work with folklore that's been thoroughly hybridized with pop culture. Wow, that's quite a lot, right? But it's actually just the tip of a wonderful iceberg called folklore studies. Now, if you are interested in learning more, that's awesome. That's great. You should be excited because there's really so much more to learn and enjoy in this, uh, what I think is a beautiful and fun part of the academy. Uh, should you decide you want to keep going, it'll be an honor for me to help you uh, find more things to be excited about and to think through on your own uh, in this onward journey through the discipline of folklore studies. So now is the time in the course where we're going to kind of change our direction a little bit. Uh, in our discussions, we'll, be, we'll start to look at some case studies of how exactly folk cultures operate within different specific Asian diasporic cultures, mainly in North America, in Canada and the U.S. Uh, alongside these kind of academic topics, uh, you're also going to be asked to use your newfound skills as folklorists to do something that's kind of important, uh, both for you and for me. Uh, now that you're a folklorist, what I want you to do is to go out there into the wild and hunt for folklore in the immediate world around you. Our world has been pretty shaken up over the last months by an unprecedented uh, global health and economic crisis. COVID has disrupted all of our lives, uh, but yet we must cope. And as this familiar saying goes, we are all in this together. That's actually where folklore comes in. I'm 100% convinced that folk cultures, whether the, these, these informal, unofficial, non-commercial cultures, are exactly how people cope with COVID. Uh, it's by sharing all of the fun, meaningful, traditional things that we say, things that we do, things that we make, things that we believe. That's how we can all get through this together. Uh, that's what I suspect anyway, and I'd love for you to help investigate whether that's true. Uh, so look around you in your family, in your friend circles, in your among your roommates or classmates or coworkers or teammates or bandmates, in whatever folk groups you belong to. What are the kinds of new, maybe informal traditions that you've started doing in these last few months to stay connected? Uh, what are the older traditions that are getting modified due to the new context? What are what older traditions have you had to stop doing and maybe are feeling nostalgic for? Think about things like cooking or games or music or dance or online chat, right? Uh, think about uh, how you're having fun in this time of COVID, how you're m finding meaning in it, in it at all, and how you're sharing it with your family, friends, loved ones. Your job is going to be to put together a short documentary film that explains to a general public audience why these folk cultures are important in your, in your lives as we navigate through the COVID situation. Uh, try to find either one, traditional, um, one tradition or one item that you're especially excited to share with others, like maybe a game that you've started playing with your family at home that's really fun. Uh, or you could focus on a specific active bearer in your family or in your group of friends or coworkers, roommates, and so on. Uh, someone who's like the life of the party and is constantly churning out folk culture for everyone to appreciate, whether it's cooking or jokes or proverbs or songs or dances, whatever it is. 
right? Or you could go in kind of more nostalgic direction uh, and get different people to reminisce about how a particular form of folklore, uh, tai chi maybe, or playing cards, uh, how they it would bring meaning into their lives. And now that it's been interrupted by COVID, uh, what it, what's happening now? So that's your task. Uh, how are we going to do it? How are we going to make this documentary film for the next three weeks? That's what we're going to start learning. We're going to be doing a kind of filmmaking boot camp through Zoom. Filmmaking Zoom camp, maybe you could call it. Uh, first, we'll, uh, we'll start talking about ethics, whether it's okay to study and analyze other people's folk culture and how to gain their trust and continuous consent through the research process. We'll then start learning how to use your phone as a camera, how to get the best lighting and visual quality for an interview, how to get decent audio. We'll practice shooting B-roll footage and talking about the different strategies for getting the kind of most out of your interviews. And finally, we'll work uh, on how to edit your film, how to map out your storyboard so that your short film, just five minutes, uh, will still have a beginning, a middle, and an end, and it'll both educate uh, your viewers and entertain them and maybe leave them wanting to learn more about your folk cultures. So that's what you have to look forward to over the, la over the next month. Uh, and again, I'm really delighted and excited to help you along in the process uh, every step of the way. Think of me as a guide or a technical consultant at this point, not as a judge or a policeman of any kind. I'm here to help you make your project into something really special. Unlike other courses you might be taking at UBC, I'm not interested in just giving you a grade and calling it a day. Uh, your films will actually help me learn more about you, about folklore, about how we all might be able to get through what's uh, simply a kind of cultural catastrophe of global proportions uh, through some, uh, using something that almost all of us take for granted, folk cultures. And if you take this seriously, if you put, it, put your hard work, creativity, and talent into it, I think it can turn into something really special that you can be proud of, that your family and friends can be proud of, and that I guarantee will change the lives of those around you for the better. So that's what I'd love to help you get into. That's why I'm here. So get ready, strap yourselves in as I release you out into that wild world of folklore as newly minted folklorists and as I await the magical, beautiful forms of informal, unofficial, and non-commercial cultures that you're going to find sitting right out there in plain sight right around you. So thanks for joining me in this part of the journey and congratulations again for reaching the finish line.